welcome to the Inside EcoDevo podcast. I'm your host, Eric Thurman. On this episode, we'll be discussing the Missouri Technology Corporation grant programs. Our guest is connecting with us via phone, and I'll let him introduce himself. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Jacob Pallison. I am the manager of ecosystem engagement with MTC. And in full transparency, I have had that title for two months. So not sure I'm the expert yet that I hope to be in the next uh, few months or years, but that, that's where I'm at right now. So I oversee the grants program, different grants that MTC have that we work with entrepreneurship support organizations on. All right, sir. Well, thank you for taking the time to be here. And I'm sure you're going to give us a lot of great information when it comes to grants and uh, ESO. So let's just dive right in. Can you provide an overview of MTC's current grant programs that are aimed at supporting entrepreneurial ecosystems? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the way to address you know, what we do with our grant programs is really to take a step back and look at the strategy behind it, a little bit of history behind it, if you will. So a couple of years ago, uh, MTC in partnership with Techonomy did a very thorough analysis of the entrepreneurial ecosystem and developed something called the Catalyzing Innovation Report, which is, I think, the, the guiding report, the guiding strategies that a lot of our efforts uh, and our focus right now and, and in the coming years will really be sort of derived from that. So if you think about it, the Catalyzing Innovation, uh, for those that haven't read it or looked at it, I highly recommend it, uh, whether you're interested in what MTC does or not. It's just a fantastic uh, outline of how to think about fostering entrepreneurship and developing an ecosystem. But really, that is the, the guiding document, if you will, for how we plan to foster and support innovation and entrepreneurship over the next five to 10 years. And specifically, uh, Catalyzing Innovation outlines five strategies and 16 action items. And I won't go into the full detail that we don't have time for that, I don't think, in this one, but just sort of high level. Those five strategies are fund, which is really how do we deploy risk capital to startups, grow and scale. How do we increase access to entrepreneurial services and support? Launch, how do we convert IP into new startups and jobs? Inspire, how do we encourage more participation in entrepreneurship and innovation? And then connect, how do we remove the physical and cultural barriers of kind of communities? If you take those five strategies and kind of lay them out, there are some ideas there where we look at that and say, okay, we have to have grant programs that guide us in that direction and, and help us go and support the entrepreneurship support organizations that are implementing programs to, to take care of some of those. That, I would say, is the high-level starting point. So when we zoom in a little bit, the grant programs that we have at MTC are all focused on supporting organizations, uh, entrepreneurship support organizations, or ESOs, as uh, I like to call them, because it's a little bit easier to say, right? But those ESOs that provide support, resources, services, programs, space, to high-growth potential tech startups. And that's really the space that we play in at MTC with our grant programs. That takes us from the big picture a little bit further down, and that really gets us to the three core grant programs that MTC has. We, the first one is MOBEC, or Missouri Building Entrepreneurial Capacity. That's the historical core program. We've had it for a number of years, and it's 
sort of the purpose behind MOBEC is to provide funds and support for ESOs that have services, programs, resources, uh, and operations to support those tech startups. The second one is a grant we call Physical Infrastructure. It's newer. We've had one round so far, and we are planning to launch the second round next year. And I believe, you know, if everything goes as we were planning, we will continue that program for a number of years. That program is then focused on, as in the name, physical infrastructure. Uh, it's focused on supporting ESOs that are looking to improve or expand or develop their physical infrastructure that, uh, you know, they're using to support the entrepreneurs and startups. And the third one is a grant called Regional Node. That's the newest one. We just launched the planning grant with the intention of going through that round. We're still in the process of having launched the application, reviewing, and you know, hopefully getting to actually uh, awarding those grants soon and then giving those uh, organizations that get awarded a few months to spend some time planning for the sort of the actual grant, if you will, the big grant, which is going to be the regional notification grant that we plan to launch in the spring and is also uh, intended to be an ongoing grant. And the regional node is different in that instead of focusing on just one organization, what we're really trying to do with that one is to say there are many communities and regions across Missouri where you have two or three or four or five or ten different organizations providing these services and helping entrepreneurs and startups. And so regional node is to try to help encourage and foster ways for them to connect with each other and create what we call the front door for startups. So if you're a startup somewhere, anywhere in Missouri, really, you should have easier access once we get these regional nodes up and running and they start working as nodes instead of just individual organizations. So that's the, from the high level down to the actual grant programs that we have. I think the way you, or we look at it is really, these are all tied together in a way that the there are different challenges, different needs, different issues. Our grants are designed to help alleviate and support and, and improve different areas of the total ecosystem. So that hopefully gives you a little bit of overview and background on the grants that we have. It certainly does, and I appreciate you laying out all that information. Just taking a, a little bit of a step backwards you had mentioned ESOs, entrepreneurial support organizations, and I apologize if you, in what you were laying out there, that you had already discussed this, but can you go into that a little bit deeper? What is an entrepreneurial support organization and why are they important? Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly one of those things where, you know, when you work in the field, we throw the lingo around and assume everybody just knows what an entrepreneurship support organization or an ESO is, right? So, yeah, I mean, an, an ESO at the end of the day is an organization, a group that does something in terms of programmatic efforts, services, training, co-working space, accelerator, investing programs, competitions, different kinds of services or programs that are intended to help the entrepreneurs and startups within their area or across the state. That's really sort of what an ESO is. Just a, you know, when they come in different shapes and sizes, you see them across the state and in all communities. Sometimes they're tied to universities. Sometimes they're tied to economic development efforts. Sometimes they're sort of standalone programs that are there to help those entrepreneurs with access to resources, access to connection, access to mentors, access to uh, what they need to start and grow and succeed. Would you say that the ESOs 
are, are vital when it comes to the entrepreneurial landscape? Like what would that landscape look like if ESOs weren't there to help? Oh, I think it would be challenging for the startups and the entrepreneurs to really get what they need, right, and, and get the support that they need. So I think that this comes back to why do we have these programs, right? Why do MTC, why does MTC exist to offer grants to entrepreneurship support organizations? And I like to think that there are two different approaches to answering that question. One is what I would call the more traditional standard economic development answer, and that's an important one because it's founded in research. So we know that if we want to see an increase in job creation, if we want to see an increase in innovation, if we want to be ahead of the game and and essentially have a strong, thriving economy, we have to do three things. We have to support the existing companies, the existing jobs. We also have to attract some companies sometimes to the area. And then thirdly, we have to support the new ones, the startups, the ones that are taking a risk and going out there saying, I have a different, better, unique way of doing things, and I believe down the road that could be of value. And so all three are important. Now, MTC is focused on the last one, the third one there, the startups. And so I think it's important from that standpoint of it's the traditional. We know that startups, especially high growth potential startups, are job creators over time. And that's really important. The other way to answer that, I think, is, you know, when you've been in this ecosystem and you work with entrepreneurs in various ways across the state and then over time, you start noticing something. And for me, it's this idea that when you listen to successful companies, whether they're five years, 10 years, or 20 or 50 years into it, the origin story is always a startup, of course, right? You have to start somewhere. But you always find that there are a lot of references to mentors, peer groups, startup competitions, early stage investment programs, accelerators, co-working spaces, all of these resources and programs that are typically provided by ESOs. And so it's not that the ESOs tend to take credit for the success of any particular startup that's successful. It's rather that sort of obvious that the startups would have had a much harder time and many would probably not have made it if there hadn't been a support network. We know it's not a you know one person show to to make it to the top and win, right? It takes a village. And so when you listen to those stories, that's always there. Just sometimes it's, you know, it's a mentor. Other times it's a particular program. Other times it's an investor. But it's always there and it's really important. And that, I think, is really why we do what we do and have these grant programs. Extending that a little bit, and this is something I think I learned after a few years in uh, entrepreneurship development and sort of under that umbrella of economic development. And it's obvious when it's obvious. But, you know, economic development in whatever form or shape we take it is a long game. And I think we all know it, but it's hard sometimes to appreciate that those overnight successes, those overnight stories are never overnight. They're always five, 10 year stories. And so if we want to see success in five, 10, 20 years, we have to continuously be investing in resources and programs that address today's startups so they can become the future success stories, right? So that's, you know, kind of how we look at it. That's a 
final sort of order to wrap that question up a little bit. Um, I think you see this when you're out there with those that have succeeded. You see a lot of those entrepreneurs and founders who are 10 years or 20 years into it, and now they are the mentors. Sometimes they're the mentor because they had that mentor uh, back when they started and they understand the value. Or in some cases they didn't, but they see that, oh, if they had, you know, back then, they could have, you know, maybe gone even further. So that's, you know, that's what we look for. And, and that's, uh, I think, is how we, we approach the whole question of why do we have these grants in the first place, right? So when it comes to the grant programs, how does MTC ensure that the grant programs align with the evolving needs of the entrepreneurial community? Because as we know, as technology grows and changes and how our lives grow and changes, then the needs change too. So uh, how are you guys making sure that these programs stay aligned with the ever evolving way that our world evolves? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't recall the exact thing, but yeah, there's that idea that uh, predicting is hard, especially about the future. But yeah, and that's the, the nature of entrepreneurship. That's the nature of, you know, nature of innovation. So it's a challenge that I think, you know, we try to address in a few different ways. One, we can tie it back to the catalyzing innovation, which was a you know, really thorough analysis where we could say, you know, they've addressed needs, gaps, issues, challenges that are going to be relevant for at least, you know, two to five years. So those are still good drivers for us to say, how do we align with the current needs? because we know we haven't resolved all of them. We know we haven't fixed all of them. Because again, it takes you know, more than you know, just one grant round to do that. So we use that right now as a little bit of a guiding post for us to where we're going and how we're gonna get there. The other part of that is of course, you know, as we work with ESOs, as we provide them with grant funds, we get feedback, we talk to them, we engage with them, we try to understand what is going on in your region? What is going on in your area? What is going on with your entrepreneurs? What does your ecosystem look like? And what do you need? What are you saying is the most important thing for, for you guys to do? And so we get a lot of that feedback and we take that into consideration as, as we're trying to say, well, how do we improve the grant guidelines and the requirements and, and the focus that they have to make sure that it aligns with those needs out there? And then, you know, when you zoom out and look at MTC, there are really two different programs uh, with MTC. So one is the grant side that we're talking about today. But the other side is, of course, the state-sponsored venture capital program that directly supports startups. And so we gain insights from that team and their effort as they're working with the startups. Um, and they get a lot of feedback on what are the startups needing? What are, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? So we can look at that and say, well, are the ESOs that we're supporting addressing some of those? Or are there opportunities for us to create a grant that maybe sort of encourages or you know, puts them in that direction, at least, to be thinking about how do we solve this particular problem that we know at least some startups in the ecosystem are having. So that gets me sort of to the, I think, the third way that we try to make sure that we're aligned with the needs of the entrepreneurial community. And that is, at the end of the day, MTC is not necessarily trying to predict the specific needs of, st of the startups in sort of five years from now, but rather we're, we're trying to use the grant programs to support the ESOs in a way that allows them 
to evolve their services with the needs of their startups. So it becomes a little bit of a ping pong effect of we have to write the grant guidelines and the requirements and the focus in a way that you know meets the needs, but we do that with feedback from the ecosystem itself. So it becomes a little bit of more of a synergistic approach to uh, entrepreneurship development. With the grants, can you go through the criteria and eligibility requirements? And a follow-up question to that, are the grants specifically targeting ESOs or businesses, or is it a mix of both? Yeah, good question. So the grants that we have are all uh, designed to be eligible for nonprofit entrepreneurship support organizations or universities and research institutions in Missouri. So they, of course, have to serve entrepreneurs and ecosystems in Missouri, and they do have to be some sort of ESO, nonprofit, or university. So that's the high-level requirement. There are, of course, a few more things that we look at. One is if you come to us and we have a grant and you say you have an idea for a service or a program that you want to implement, your budget is suggesting that that would cost you, let's call it $200,000 for the next year to do that. Well, then you can ask MTC uh, or apply for $100,000, and then you would have to go and find another $100,000 from another source. So that's the one-to-one match requirement that we also have. And that's just to ensure that it's not funded only by MTC. We want to make sure that there's a few different stakeholders, and then there's some evidence of uh, support and belief in the particular project beyond just what we see. Those are the high-level criteria that we look at, our eligibility uh, requirement. Um, the other one is, of course, going back to not all ESOs are focused on the same thing. Our efforts primarily focus on supporting those ESOs who are developing or have programs that are targeted towards tech-based, high-growth potential startups. It's not to say that an ESO who supports sort of the broader spectrum of entrepreneurs and startups couldn't apply, but they do have to have focus and, and efforts that are specifically around those tech science innovation startups as well. So that's how we, um, how we approach the eligibility. Why specifically supporting ESOs and not directly to the startup or the business I mean, it's probably not happening like this, but it kind of seems like an ESO is a middleman. You know, they get they get the funding from MTC and then they help the businesses. Is there a, a direct reason why going that route instead of just directly dealing with uh, startups and businesses solely? So I think there's a, there's a, all right, a handful of ways to address that question. Um, but, you know, part of it is, you know, we already do support the startups directly through the state-sponsored venture capital programs. So, so we have, you know, we're trying to solve some of the challenges and barriers around access to capital and, and high-risk capital through that particular program. But when you then look at it, the need of entrepreneurs and startups is an incredibly sort of diverse bucket of, of things. And so MTC is a very small organization, so it is not really in our role and in our capacity to be the resource and service provider directly to those entrepreneurs, right? So we look at that and say, well, we exist to help disperse the funds throughout the state to those organizations that actually know what's going on in their area, with their community, with their startups. And part of that is simply that, you know, an an ecosystem in St. Louis is going to be different than a startup ecosystem in Springfield. 
And that's going to be different than what's in Cape Dorado and then what's in Kirksville and what's in Joplin. It might on the surface look similar, but at the end of the day, there are unique needs and unique startups and unique industry clusters and opportunities within those regions where you know, those ESOs exist precisely because they can see that it's right outside their front door, and so they can go and serve those much, much better with the funds that, uh, that we can provide and support them with. Yeah, individuals that, that live and work in their community understand the needs more pointedly than an overall organization. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how does MTC ensure the transparency and fairness of a grant application? Because I'm sure you don't want all the funds going to one particular area or one particular sector. How do you guys make sure that it's as evenly distributed as possible? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, a, you know, that, that's an area that I think is, one, it's, of course, challenging because we, we have to look at it and see if there's a fantastic program and they have really put in a genuinely great game plan for it, that's what we need to fund while balancing this idea of, well, it can't just all go to one area, one community, or one organization, or one anything, right? So the way we try to do that is, one, we strive to be open and transparent and make sure that you know all the ESOs and universities across the state are aware of our grant programs. We try to stay engaged and connected to them making sure that, you know, they know what we offer. And so they have a fair and sort of a completely fair chance to apply at any point in time. And then what we look at is any one grant year, we may not reach a completely even distribution of funds across all communities. I think that's that's almost impossible anyways. But over time, we try to look at that and say, okay, how do we get to the point where the funds are really coming out to different organizations? And if we see that there's a part of the state that isn't really applying, you know, we go and look and ask, hey, what's going on? Are you guys not aware? Do you not have the right focus? And sometimes it's, you know, that's the challenge is that there's not someone in, in that community that is really focused on entrepreneurship, startup development. So we try to encourage them to the best of our ability to say, okay, well, if and when you choose to focus on that, you know, make sure that you look at MTC and, and see if there's a program that fits. It's, of course, challenging to make sure that we reach everybody, but, but it's certainly something that we look at on an ongoing basis. How do you guys, from an MTC perspective, how do you guys measure your success when an ESO has completed a grant cycle from beginning to end? There's a few different ways that I think we, we look at, you know, was this a quote-unquote, good investment. One is to apply a little bit of the same hat as we do with any kind of investment is to say, did the program or the ESO, did they learn from it? Did they learn from their efforts? Did they improve? Can they look at the program that we helped fund and say, hey, we gained valuable insights from doing that that will then either lead to direct impact doing the program or lead to an ongoing effort to improve. So there's a little bit of a learning component. Are they adapting? Are they adjusting? And then are they identifying a sustainable plan to keep and grow or pivot the program in a direction that's going to be in sort of an ongoing improvement? I think we look at it from that standpoint. 
as well as, of course, looking for any kind of clear evidence that did the program or the service or the organization provide direct benefit to startups. And the way we measure that is simply with asking those organizations to provide feedback on things like also how many startups, how much was invested into them, how many jobs did they create, what were the economic outcomes over time. So we get the data for that to say, okay, did you actually go and do something and can you support that? And then I think the, the last thing that we look at is, you know, this goes back to the, the hard thing about startups is that, you know, you have to have a hundred startups to get to the one that's really a massive success. And maybe 25 others are also successful, but, but you know, maybe not to the same degree. And then you have quite a few that for a variety of reasons, maybe don't make it. We all understand that and that's okay. That's part of what it takes to support uh, the ecosystem. But we certainly look uh, at our ESOs that we support and, and try to figure out are there stories, you know, are there specific examples that they can provide and say, yeah, through this particular program, this startup gained access to XYZ resources and benefited in these ways and that allowed them to go and do things and be successful. So I think we look at it from a did they learn? Did they actually create economic impact? And are there clear evidence of some success stories? And then are, is there an ongoing identification of what do we need to be doing to stay relevant, to stay uh, ahead of the game, and to align with those changing needs within those communities? Like, are they showing evidence of moving to new, better, different programs? If you Something, a terminology that gets thrown out here that just kind of sparked a, a question in my mind is the term ecosystem, entrepreneurial ecosystem, tech ecosystem. You know, and then the term ecosystem, there's there's balance, you know, in that given ecosystem. So when you guys are providing funding and grants and support, are you looking at the sectors holistically and seeing like, oh, we got a lot of ag tech. We need to kind of balance, you know, for, you know, quote unquote, the ecosystem by making sure we give grants and focus to these other sectors because we don't want to be too heavy in one area. Am I off base there? Is, is there something to go off of there? So I don't know if we would really say we look at it from a industry sector standpoint with the ESOs. That is not quite the way I think we would be looking at it. I think rather what we are looking at is saying, are the different ESOs out there, are they addressing specific needs such as, are they doing something that helps improve access to capital for startups, access to high-risk capital for those startups? Sort of regardless of quote-unquote industry, as long as, it again, it comes back to tying it to startup or tech startups or innovation-driven, high-growth potential startups? Or is it more about connecting with mentors, connecting with peers, creating programs that help make the connections to the right people? Or is it providing space or access to resources where those startups, and sometimes that's within a specific industry, right? So if there's an ESO that's highly focused on ag tech or highly focused on biotech or highly focused on any other particular sort of narrow industry, as long as it gets tied back to tech-driven, innovation-driven startups accessing those resources, you know, we look at that and say, well, that's good because the need for, yeah, well, let's take a step back. The startup ecosystem 
in rural parts of the state versus you know metro areas versus uh, sort of the bigger cities you know, are, are all a little different as to what type of industry might be best aligned. So that goes back to the idea we're not necessarily looking at one or two specific industries that we think are, are more important, but rather, you know, is there a tech-driven, innovation-driven, high-growth potential startup impact within that particular ecosystem or industry in that region that the ESO might be serving? Does that make sense, that answer? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm guessing at the end of the day, the ESO, as we had talked about earlier, live and work in their their area, their region, their community, they know what works there. And if let's just, for example, ag tech is, is working in that region, then obviously that's what they're uh, going to target. So relying on the ESOs to make sure that the community is going in the direction that the community wants to go in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we kind of continue on with grants and the ins and outs uh, of that, are ESOs Aside from getting the funding to then help the entrepreneurs or the business, are you guys also funding or helping to fund new ESOs? Like, how does a new ESO come about? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. The short answer is yes, that that is a potential. So the way I think we would look at that is, let's say there's an ESO that applies for a grant and they've been around for 10 years, and they have a track record, and they're successful, and they're wanting to develop a new program, and they've done the research, and they've done the homework. You know, that's not saying you you know, you know automatically get approved. That's not how it works. But it's a, sort of a little bit of an easier thing for us to look at and say, yeah, that's, that's how it's about, right? You know, uh, just like you would in almost any other instance where you're trying to bet on, you know, what, what the winning horse is going to be. You look at the track record. So that presents a little bit of a challenge if you're then a brand new organization, right, where you don't have a track record. So what we really look at in those are more about have they identified the right need? Have they done, have they done their homework to justify why are they creating this ESO in the first place? Does it serve a purpose within their ecosystem and their region? You know, have, have they essentially outline a good strategy that seems compelling and believable and, and addresses needs within the ecosystem that they're in. Then you combine that a little bit with things like, you know, is there a sustainable financial plan? Are they just coming to MTC to try to get all the funds or have they identified five different sources? So that there's a buy-in from multiple sources. You know, we, that's, a, that's a good indicator for us as well that, hey, this is not just one person's idea, there are others that believe in it. And then we might look at things like the individuals themselves, what experience, expertise, what are their background. Typically, they don't just come out of nowhere. Right? They've probably been involved in ESO efforts or entrepreneurs themselves. And that, again, is a positive indication that there are people there that might know what they're doing. So it might be a new name, a new organization, but you know, it's not new in the sense that these people uh, might have already have done a lot of what they're saying they're going to do it under a different name. So there are other things we would look at, but this is sort of the trying to keep it a little bit short on the, yes, you know, whether you are a new organization doing something in the space of entrepreneurship development, or you've been around for 10, 20, or 100 years, there's no disqualification by any means. But we, we might look at it again just a little different because it's a different way of evaluating 
what is really going to happen and, and what's the likelihood of economic impact outcomes from their efforts. And piggybacking off that last question, what advice or tips would you have for an entrepreneurial support organization, an ESO, who is considering applying for grants, whether, you know, they're, they've never done it before or they've been in the game, but there's some things that could improve for them uh, yeah, through the process. Because I think the, the first and simplest thing to do if you're looking at this as an idea and maybe you haven't applied for MCC grants or you're not familiar with MCC is to go to our website, missourietechnology.com, um, and look at some of the programs and, and the information we have available about those particular programs. So you can get a sense of, well, what does MOBEC look like? What does regional node look like? What does physical infrastructure grant look like? What are some of the, the descriptions and the requirements? Now, with that said, you know, we update that information as we launch the programs and relaunch them every year. So what's on there right now for one program is either if the program is open, it's relevant to that, or it's what was left over, so to speak, from the last round. Maybe different for next round, because again, we try to adapt and adjust as well and say, if we're changing, or if the landscape is changing, we need to make sure that the requirements and the guidelines and, and the focus of the grant programs go in that direction too. But we don't do a 180 on any programs overnight. So you would have a very good starting point if you read the guidelines and just familiarized yourself with those programs to see, does this sound like what we do or what we intend to do as an ESO? Then, you know, I would reach out, follow us on LinkedIn and make sure that you're connected. Uh, so when we do start launching a particular program, you would know about it and then could get in a position to apply. The other thing is, you know, when you look at that, we list the names of uh, recent grant organizations that we have awarded grants to. So, you know, it wouldn't hurt if you're really interested and, and just have never done or applied for an MCC grant is, you know, try and reach out to some of those organizations and, and see what they've done, maybe learn from their experience applying and maybe see what, you know, what are they doing uh, that MCC might have said, that sounds like a great idea. And we think we need to uh, support that with a grant today. That's how I would probably approach that. Just look at what we have already and then start thinking ahead on where is your organization going to be in the next two to five years and is an MTC grant a viable option. With that, I would also make sure, kind of goes back to the financial sustainability, is it's a matching grant, it's a one-to-one -one matching grant, so ensuring that you look across your opportunities and try to identify what are the other sources of funds that will help support our efforts. Okay, so I'll just open it up to you in case there's something we didn't cover when it comes to uh, the grant programs or in relation to ESOs that you want to cover that you think listeners would want to hear. You know, I, I think the the overreaching thing is going back to if you're really curious about what we do or just really curious about sort of understanding and thinking about entrepreneurship development and entrepreneurial ecosystems and how to foster that growth is the Catalyzing Innovation Report that you can find on our website is absolutely fantastic. It's probably one of the best strategy documents that uh, you know, I've ever I got the pleasure of working with and reading. So I would highly encourage anyone to go and read that almost regardless of, you know, what your intentions or situation are. If you are in the space of entrepreneurship, that's a really good good document, a good report to dive into. 
And then otherwise, you know, reach out to us if you have questions or, you know, if you're kind of new to it or on the brink or not sure, reach out. We can answer questions via email or if it's something that requires uh, us to set up a call and it makes sense, then we will certainly do that and see if we can provide just a little bit more clarity sometimes on those questions about what are our requirements or, or expectations. All right, Jacob. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find out all this information on the grant programs and ESOs. It was really interesting stuff, and hopefully uh, listeners are getting something out of it. So I appreciate you taking the time. John, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed uh, talking about this. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, some of the listeners will be piqued by some of what we chatted about and take a look at the grant programs. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Eco Devo. We have great episodes coming your way every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we want to hear from you, our listeners. Tell us what economic development topics you want to hear more about. This helps us fulfill our motto of helping Missourians prosper by bringing content to our listeners that they want to hear. Leave a comment on an episode or send an email to ded.communications at ded.mo.gov and stay tuned for more Inside Eco Devo.